Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 144 of the Girl Means Business podcast and the final episode of 2021. As we get ready to head into the new year and some really fun things we have in store for 2022, it's time for us to look back on the year that was 2021 in the Girl Means Business podcast. This is one of my favorite yearly episodes. It's the best of episode. In this episode, I'm sharing 10 of my favorite episodes from the year, and I have to say this is a tough one to narrow down because there were some incredible guests, some amazing conversations, and I love that our community has grown this year. I love that I am getting to introduce y'all to some really amazing, incredible women that are doing incredible things, and it was just a really great year for the podcast. So it was hard for me to narrow down to these 10, and please know that just because these are the 10 that I picked for this best of episode, it does not in any way diminish how wonderful all the other episodes this year have been. Now, if you're new to the Girl Means Business podcast, this is a great place to start because this is going to give you a little sampling of kind of what this podcast is all about. It's a great way to know where to start. If you want to binge a couple episodes, maybe you listen to this episode and you hear four or five clips from other shows that you want to go back and listen to, or you can just start at the beginning of the year and go from there. If you've been a longtime listener, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Secondly, this is a great way to kind of refresh your mind on some of the things that we talked about this year. We covered a lot of topics from social media, organization in your business, how to clean up your camera roll, email marketing, and then a couple of episodes that I really enjoy diving into learning all about getting your mindset right around your business. So we're going to be talking about some of those episodes episodes today. And of course, I will link all those episodes down in the show notes so you can quickly and easily go back and listen to the full episodes. Before we dive into our best of episode list, I want to say, first of all, I hope you all had a wonderful holiday spending time with family and friends. I hope that the end of your year is full of love and joy and happiness, some reflection on how this year has been for you, and some excitement about what the next year holds. I wish you all a wonderful, safe, happy new year, and I look forward to continuing our conversations in 2022. All right, let's get started with our best of episode. All right, up first is episode number 99, a three-day work week with Kaylin Asher. So Kaylin is a business coach with a three-day work week. She's mom of two, founder of Success Made Simple. And in our conversation, she really broke down her systems for creating a three-day work week, a work week where she could enjoy her time with her family, with her kids, where she could really have days where she was super productive followed by days where she felt like she had time to enjoy her family and friends. So this was a really powerful episode for me because it gave me something to aspire to. 
I would love to get to a three-day work week. Right now, I'm at about a four-and-a-half-day work week, um, sometimes seven-day work weeks. But it's a great reminder that we are in control of our schedules. And if we really want to create this life we have in our minds, it's all possible and that you can design your business to look the way you want it to look. So let's take a quick listen to my conversation with Kaylin. So how do you like actually make that happen and set those boundaries so that you're not allowing your work to seep into like your Saturday afternoon? Yeah, that's such a good question. And the way I stepped into it was I actually did sort of like a time inventory is I just observed myself. I didn't try to make any crazy changes right away. I just wanted to see how I was currently using my time and making use of my energy. And so I did it really old school. I just had like a legal pad next to me as I was working and set a timer. Every hour I would pause and just jot down what I did. And I soon realized where I was lacking focus, you know, getting interrupted by emails, things like that you know, hopping into my Facebook group to post something and then realizing that 10 minutes went by, all of those little things started to come to the surface. And I realized there's a better way to do this. And so that that was a very eye-opening, <laughs> eye-opening exercise. It gave me a lot of data to work with because then I could start seeing where I could batch things together, things that I could eliminate or reduce. And so those practical steps were really useful. Our next episode comes from a guest that I absolutely adore, Melissa Kohler. This is episode 104, Stepping Into Your Strengths. And in this episode, we talk a lot about really leaning into what makes you valuable within your business. So what sets you apart from other people? What, what are the strengths that you bring to your business and your life that you can really develop and lean into? We spend so much time focusing on like our weaknesses and the things that we aren't good at that we can forget sometimes that we have gifts and we have talents and abilities and skills that are designed to do specific things in our business. And that if we just kind of focus on those more, we can accomplish big things. So let's get into episode 104 with Melissa Kohler. You don't, it doesn't necessarily have to. It really is just diving into the things that you would do if you had all the time in the world to do them. And, and, and even kind of go with, I have all the resources in the world too. Just think about that. What do you love doing? Um, and then for those that are stuck, that need a reminder of why they're doing what they're doing, that's a tough one because if your if if your why isn't centered into it, it with something emotional, it's going to be harder for you to actually dig back and and deep 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 dive into why you love doing stuff. And so, what you want to think about is, let's just say photography, for example, because we both have that in common. Why why would you want to continue doing photography? Well, I don't know this about you, but I'm going to guess that it brings you that creative outlet. It makes you feel a certain way when you see either your clients' um, faces in person or on their image of like the images that you create. It's It brings you joy to be able to capture those memories for somebody else. And if we can 
dig into why that's important to us. Like why, why would those things be important to you? Well, it maybe it's because you didn't have a lot of pictures of yourself growing up, or you really enjoy looking at the pictures of your family members. And that's what you want to be able to help create stuff for other people. Those are deeply rooted into emotions. And if you can always connect back to an emotional why, then that's going to make those hard days, the frustration and the uphill battles of your day-to-day be a lot easier to get through because you remember, I'm doing this because I want to create memories for other people. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Up next is episode 108, The Real Deal on IG Reels. So it's really fun to look back at these episodes and when I recorded them, when they came out, because this was around the time that I was diving headfirst into Instagram Reels and falling in love with short form video. Selfishly, this is one of the reasons why I love doing this best of episode because it does sort of take me back on this time travel thing where I'm able to watch my business grow and evolve and change over time. And when I go back and look at episode 108, where I'm introducing you to the world of IG Reels and how much I've enjoyed them and the power of short form video, it's incredible to think now just how different my business would be without them. Not only in a matter of my Instagram growth and things like that, but just in my confidence of being in front of the camera, my I used to hate the idea of video. And now to see how quickly and easily I'm able to create these short form videos and put them out for the world to see and have some that have gone, you know, mini viral, things like that. It's It has been a personal and a business transformation the last year when it comes to video reels and short form video. So let's go back and listen to a clip from episode 108, where we started learning all about Instagram reels. So let's walk through those benefits. Let's talk about the five reasons why I feel like Instagram reels are a super powerful tool for your business right now. Number one is reach. Instagram reels gets way higher the reach than just posting content to your feed. Now here is why. 
Instagram, first of all, if you're using a new feature in Instagram, they are going to prioritize your content. So Reels is their new shiny object. So if you're using their new shiny object, they are going to reward you for that by pushing your content out to more people. And unlike putting content on your feed, the Reels kind of go out into the masses. So with content on your feed, it's only shown to people within your community, the people that follow you. And maybe some people you reach through hashtags. But with Reels, when you publish that Reel, it kind of goes out into the sphere of Reels that are being shared. And so Instagram is saying, okay, you've put a Reel out. Let me see who I can send it to. And if they engage, if they react with it, then I'm going to push it out to even more people. So unlike posting content or videos to your feed, your reel is going to have a much larger reach. Now, I do highly recommend when you publish a reel, also have it shared to your feed. Now, here's the reason for that. Because while it may go out into the reels section of Instagram, you also want it to show up in the feed as your followers are scrolling. So if it goes onto your main Instagram feed, when your followers are scrolling through their post, your reel is going to pop up in their scroll. So make sure when you publish it, you publish it also to your Instagram feed. Our next episode is episode 110, Control Your Camera Roll with Denise Brinkman. Now, this was such a fun episode. I met Denise over on Clubhouse. So by the time this episode came out, I was full force, head over heels in love with Clubhouse. I was on there on a regular basis. And Denise was one of the incredible people that I met through being on that platform. And she came into a Clubhouse room and was telling all about how she teaches women, particularly moms, how to organize and utilize their iPhone camera roll. And I thought, this is such a great topic. This is such a great idea to talk about and share about. I need to have her on the podcast. And so this episode, she shares so many invaluable tips um, about how to get control of your camera roll. And she teaches a course on this. Her Instagram has so many fun tips and tricks in her Instagram stories and on her feed. She's a great person to go follow. And I just loved this episode. This is when I highly recommend going back and listening to the full episode because there's so many little gems and nuggets of information in there. So let's take a listen. Denise would not be happy. I need to get rid of some of these. (laughs) And it was like, what would Denise do? (laughs) That makes me so happy that I'm in your head. (laughs) I've actually gotten a lot of DMs about that sort of thing that people like, you're going to be so proud of me. I went through my photos today. You're going to be so proud of me. I did this or that. Um, and that just makes me so happy. But yeah, like you don't need 15 photos of the exact same thing. Um, when you pass your photos down to your daughter someday, she's not going to need those 15 photos. She wants to know which one is the best. Um, and there's some, I suggest like, keep, think through it and like, think which one is the one that like, this is the one I'm going to be sharing. This is the one I'm going to be uploading. And then with the other ones, like, is there any reason I would choose photo B over that winning photo number A? Um, And if the answer is no, you don't need to keep it. Um, Sometimes though, they'll like the photo will tell a different story. 
Like you'll keep one smiling photo, one crying photo, one laughing photo or something. But if the photos kind of serve the same purpose, uh, you don't necessarily need to keep, need to keep it because our, with taking photos on our phones, it just gets out of control fast and the numbers add up. And so it's like, I try, like to do what I can to keep the daily numbers down or like to kind of cull through it so that when you times my daughter's baby childhood photos by 18 years, <laughs> the number doesn't get so giant. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I noticed like, I like what you said too about which one would you share? Because after like that series of photos I took of my daughter with her little birdhouse, I was looking to share one, to send one to my husband to show him like what she was doing. And it's true. I looked at it. I was like, which one do I, like, I don't only send him all of these. And I picked the one where she was making this really kind of cute, like serious concentrated face. Like she was really focused on what she was doing. And so what you just, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's the one I should keep. The other ones, if they weren't, I mean, not that they're not special, they're any picture of my, your kids are special, but if you have four or five photos that look basically the same and you choose one of them to send to your spouse or your mom or your friend or whoever or put on social media, that's probably the one that you need to stay, right? Absolutely. And hit the little favorite heart or star on that um, so that uh, it is marked. So next time you go back to them uh, and you decide, oh, I'm going to put together a family photo book, you don't have to look through those 15 photos of your daughter making the birdhouse and re-remember which one that you like. If Once you had the favorite heart hit, it kind of helps you next time. It saves you more time in the long run. Number five on the Best of 2021 series, for those of you keeping count, is episode number 122, your email welcome series. Now, I chose this episode because I truly believe in the power of email marketing. And one of the best things I have done in my business when it comes to email marketing is to create a welcome series, a set of emails that are going to go out to my audience without me having to lift a finger. They're automated. They're done for you. And that welcome series is what invites people into my world. It invites them to get to know me better. I share resources and information And it builds a connection that is so much stronger than if I just sent them one email saying, here is your free download or your free resource. This is where the connection really starts to come in play. And so I felt like this episode was a very strong foundational business episode that everyone should take a listen to. I'll go into a little more detail on what's in each of those emails in just a few minutes, but I want to talk first about the automation piece of this because this is key in getting your welcome series so that you don't have to think about it. It just happens. So the way that automation works is within your email provider. And for the sake of this episode, I'm going to use Flowdesk since that's what I personally use and it's what I'm familiar with. But I know MailChimp and ConvertKit and Aweber, they all do the exact same thing. So if you're using like Flowdesk, these are called workflows. And other platforms, I believe they're called automations. Either way, workflows, automations, they do the exact same thing. So in Flowdesk, I would create a new workflow. And in that workflow, I'm going to set it to trigger, which means it's going to go into action. It's going to start running as soon as something happens. So I'm going to say, as soon as somebody signs up for my free email marketing starter kit, I want you to trigger this workflow. So if you were right now to go sign up for that email marketing starter kit, 
then a little bell would go off inside of Flowdesk. Not really, but that's how I visualize it. And it would say, hey, this person has signed up. I need to now activate this workflow. The first email will go out right away. If that's how you set it, you can set it however you want. You can set it to go out a day later, two hours later, immediately. It's totally in your control. I prefer to do immediately because if someone signs up, I immediately want them to know, hey, I'm going to be here to support you. Here's the free offer. Here's whatever you signed up for. There's no waiting around so that you forget about it. You obviously are interested in this. I want to send it to you right away. So I send off that first email. Then I'm going to have it set up so that two days later, maybe a second email goes out. Then two days later, another email goes out. So once you sign up, you're kind of on this journey through these emails. And Flowdesk is going to automatically send these out at the times I have designated for it. So if I say you sign up on a Wednesday and you get your first email on Wednesday, then maybe you get your next email two days later. So on Friday, you're going to get the next email. And then two days later, so on Sunday, you'll get the next one. And it's going to go through this little series. And we'll talk about what's in that series. But the beauty of this is that through that, I have set this up one time and I have duplicated it and tweaked it and changed it for other you know, lead magnets and opt-ins, but the bones of it are there. I don't have to do anything else to it. It automatically runs as I'm living my life, as I'm doing other things. So I will see that someone has responded to one of the emails in my welcome series, even though I didn't have to manually send that. That is the beauty of automations and workflows is that they are working behind the scenes for your, for you and in your business while you're doing other things. So it may feel like a lot in the beginning to set up, but once it's done, it is done and you can go back and you can add to it or you can change it or modify it as you like or as new things come up. Or as you start to see trends and like where people are dropping off or where people are really enjoying things, you can go in and, and modify those. But once you have it done, it's done. The next two episodes are back-to-back episodes from this year. And they are two people, two women that I admire immensely in the business world and the personal space. And I was so honored and amazed that I got to interview them and have this conversations on the podcast with them for you to listen to. So up first is episode 123 with Allie Kazaza. Now, Allie has been on the show before. This was her second time on the Girl Means Business podcast. And this time I was so excited to chat with her because she was on the verge of launching her brand new book, Declutter Like a Mother. I had early access to it. I was able to read through it. We talk a little bit about in the episode. But one of the things I love about Allie is that when I start talking with her, the conversation goes in all these really incredible directions that I didn't really plan for. And I love that she is so excited and willing to go in those directions as well. So let's take a quick listen to my second conversation on the show with Allie Kazaza. The, I, I just, for me, it's been a mindset shift, which has been super, super helpful to help me get through, not even get through, to help me feel like I'm thriving in the last year of being at home more with our family and not feel like it was a place where we were like, quote unquote, trapped in, you know? 
Yeah. And I want to just point out something that you said when you were speaking about your office, like how expansive that shift feels when you talk about it. Like even your body language and your eyes like shifted and lift, like lit up because I could tell from the way that it was feeling before. It's almost like that's like a hobby situation. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm like in the corner. And, And then you're in the corner then that's the results you get in your business in the corner results. And it's not that you have to have an awful office in this beautiful space, but when you're, when you know that based on the space you have, you're not really honoring what you're doing, that energy shows up in your business and in the way you treat your business and in the way you treat yourself, the way you view yourself, then that is going to show up in the way you speak about yourself and your business. When people ask what you do, like it's, it's all about, the intent behind it. And what's interesting is for most of us, when we go to buy or rent a home, we naturally start to get into like, this is like what I walk everyone through in the book and my courses is setting the intent like Kendra's talking about. We, we naturally get there. You get to this, you're looking and you're like, the way you're making the decision to move in or not is you're setting the intent naturally already. I would do this here. I could see this painted white. I could see another window here. I could see me working here and the kids doing homework here. You naturally do that. But then stuff moves in, life happens, schedules happen, stress hits, and you just go, go, go. And it's just you settle for whatever is, whatever is convenient. Um, And so we want to come back to that intent and align our spaces with what is going to serve us, not what the room was built to be, what is going to serve us. And so I think it's just, it's so basic, setting the intent for your bathroom setting your intent for the kitchen. Like it might seem obvious, but it's really not because you've left that. That's why you're here. That's why you cooked to play on this podcast. That's why you buy the book because you've lost that intent and you're not living aligned with that. So it's really, it's really beautiful because setting the intent and aligning our space with what we want is very therapeutic. And it's like, you get that energy flowing and just watch you do that. And then you start doing that in your business. And in every email you respond to, like, what's my intent here? Do I really need to say yes to this? Like, it's just really getting that energy stirring of, I am worthy of enjoyment. I am worthy of a beautiful space. I am worthy of a home that I pay so much for that is working for me instead of against me. And that brings that worthiness energy into everything else that you do. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love what you said. I wrote down that in the corner results. It's so true. Like, when I would come into my office before and I had my desk and it was like facing this wall and I would have to I'd come in here and I'd be like, I'm sitting here staring at a wall and it's wall that it's, it's beautiful. I painted it. I love it. It's great. That's not what I want to, it's almost like I was staring at a roadblock <laughs> and that's when mm-hmm. I felt like I was in a roadblock in my business. When I was able to shift this and move it to like, I'm looking out and I have light and I feel like I can feel the sunshine on my face or I can watch the rain raining one day and I, you know, I can hear the noises from the birds outside. Like it changes something inside of me when I come in here now. Mm-hmm. And it does, it feels like I am, I'm putting myself in a position to say, this business is my business and I am not going to, you know, play small anymore. I'm going to make it what I want it to be. And it's like you said, it sounds kind of silly to think like a room can do that. A space can do that, but it really does. I mean, especially when, you're not leaving and going to an office. And if you are leaving and going to an office, make that office a place that feels like we're talking about here. You know, you control which direction your desk faces, how your chairs are set up, how many plants you have or artwork you have, 
even if it's a rented space, you can still make it feel like a space that feels good to you and not just a white box you walk into every day. Up next in our back-to-back episodes of this Best of series is episode number 124 with Subi, the Instagram expert. Now, Subi is someone I also met on Clubhouse. And before getting on Clubhouse, I had not heard of her. I was not aware of her. And now I absolutely adore her. In fact, I adore her so much that she is my business coach. I've been working with her and the Subi team to help elevate the Girl Means Business brand. And I cannot say enough incredible things about her and the things that she is doing to help other female business owners grow their business online, on Instagram, and also personally. So I can't wait for you to listen in to part of our conversation and definitely go back and listen to episode 124 for all of the Instagram gold. What do you think as far as Instagram? Because a lot of people are looking at it, obviously, for business and listening to this podcast. A lot of it's women who have businesses. Mm -hmm. And I hear a lot of people say, like, I just don't feel like Instagram works for me. And my response to that is usually, well, are you working on Instagram? Are you putting in the work? But what are the things that you see people like the mistakes you see people making that you kind of just want to like shake them and be like, no, do this instead. Like, what are some of the big ones? There's a lot. So I could probably spend an hour talking about all the mistakes. (laughs) So let's talk about three. So the first one is they don't have their face as their avatar, a representation of their business. And no one really likes to do business with logos unless you're like Burberry or GoPro or Lexus or an like a global brand. And so it's the face behind the business or brand, in my opinion, that matters more, especially for solopreneurs, entrepreneurs starting out. We want to connect with people. It's all part of what we just shared. That's number one. Number two is you don't have SEO in your bio. And we have a guide that we'll share in the show notes that is all about SEO and optimizing your bio and so many other great things are in this guide for all of you. But SEO is all about search engine optimization and you get to show up. It's very much, Instagram is like a a mini website. And when your username and your name field on Instagram are positioned strategically and you have the right keywords, you have the opportunity to show up when people are searching certain words. For example, when I needed to find someone to train my, my puppy, I'm getting a puppy in a couple of days. And um, today is July 16th, 2021. And I'm like, Instagram, hello, puppy trainer. And I found many. And I connected with this wonderful woman in Arkansas who has trained me twice virtually before the puppy has come home because I need to be trained. And then I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember doing any of this when I had my last dog 16 and a half years. You know, he's been alive 16 and a half years. I'm like, holy crap, I'm going to not be sleeping much, but this is what I need to do and why. Um, I found her on Instagram. When I flew out to LA to speak on stage at, at, at Schwarzkopf, which is a hair professional conference that I was the keynote at, I searched LA makeup artist because I'm like, I need a makeup artist who's coming to my hotel. And yep, I hired my makeup artist and she put my makeup on poolside. Um, So you can find people if your account is set up for that search engine. That's number two. Okay. And number three, your content sucks. 
stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. (laughs) This is why I love you. I love just the like blunt to the point, like, this is what I need in my life. I'm like, okay, tell it like it is. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, random content gets you random results. And if you don't know exactly what your audience wants and needs, you're wasting your time. And this is not the algorithm working against you. It's your content isn't relevant to your audience. Keeping with the Instagram theme, Our next episode is episode number 130, Why Would Someone Want to Follow You? In this episode, I dive into all of the reasons why people follow or unfollow accounts on Instagram or Facebook or any social media account and ways that you can position yourself to be the go-to person that people want to follow. That first impression really matters. And so in this episode, I'm covering all the tips you need to make sure you make a great first impression when someone lands on your account. Let's take a listen. The first tip is to make it crystal clear right off the bat who you are and who you serve. Because this is one of the struggles I see a lot of people having on social media, especially with Instagram, because we have that cute little Instagram bio. And I see a lot of people going in and saying like, I'm a wife and a mom and a photographer, or I love coffee and cupcakes. And that's all cutesy and fun. But when you have a very limited amount of space to grab somebody's attention, you want to use it to the fullest of its potential. So you want to make sure that your bio is grabbing people's attention and it's making them go, this is somebody that I want to follow. 
Let me give you an example. Let's say that your name is Sarah Smith and you are a yoga teacher. You teach classes in person at a yoga studio and then you also teach online classes virtually for people that can't make it into the studio all over the place. And your Instagram name is Sarah Smith 123. It's not really clear what you do or who you are, but that's fine. So someone goes to your bio and the first line, the bolded line, which is the SEO line, those are the keywords that are searchable in your bio. It just says Sarah Smith. Again, you're not telling me what you do. You're just telling me who you are. Then below it, where you have your bio lines, you say something along the lines of, I help busy moms find peace and relaxation throughout their day. You're not really telling me what you do. Or maybe the second line says something about, you know, completed my yoga teacher training in 2018 and dog lover and I love coffee and wine at night. Like these are all things that are fun to know about you, but they don't need to go into your bio. So let's take the same example and let's look at how it could be done really well. So Sarah Smith's a yoga instructor. So now she changes her name to the Instagram name to the name of her studio or the name of the classes that she teaches. So maybe it is yoga with Sarah. And then in that SEO line, instead of just saying Sarah Smith, she says Sarah dash online yoga classes or virtual yoga classes or yoga studio, whatever it is, just telling people what you do. Because nine times out of 10, when someone goes to search for something on Instagram, if they type in yoga studio, If yoga is nowhere in your SEO title or the name of your account, you're not going to show up. So you want to make sure that bio line, that first bolded line, that SEO line tells people exactly who you are and what you do. Are you a family photographer? Put that in the bolded line. Are you a yoga teacher? Put that in the bolded line. Are you a artist who does wedding sketches? Put that in the bio line. Whatever the name it is that you do needs to go in that bolded line. Okay. That's the SEO title. Then you need to use your, that coveted bio space to really tell people who are you helping and how do you help them? Number nine on our best of list is episode 135, protecting yourself from burnout with Elizabeth Rosenberg. And I chose this episode in particular because I know that this is the time of year when a lot of us start to notice those signs of burnout. When I was a family photographer years ago, December would hit and I would just have this thought of, I never want to look at or pick up a camera again. And while I no longer do family photography, so my falls are a lot less busy, I still find myself at the end of every year feeling those signs of burnout, whether it is mentally, physically, emotionally, or just feeling that imposter syndrome setting in. So I wanted to share this episode in particular because Elizabeth shares a lot of great tips around how to recognize burnout, how to protect yourself from getting to that point, and things you can implement in your life on a regular basis so that we can kind of mitigate that 
point where you hit a full-on wall and just feel like you can't go any further. So let's take a listen to episode 135. Um, Well, I have to say, just on a side note, the day that we're recording (laughs) this, so Facebook and Instagram are down today. There's like, everything's down. Facebook and Instagram. Right after the whistleblower. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm kind of okay with this today. Like I, I have not checked my phone apps in several hours and I don't hate that. And I know that there are people who like remove the app from their phone on the weekends and things like that. And, um, I've done like where I set timers so that like at a certain time of day, like they just, they go, they gray out and I can't get into them without overriding the, you know, the, the shutdown the time, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, the system. Yeah. And it it really does help because the amount of times that I check my phone. So like check social media on my phone and like not consciously, like subconsciously doing it when I'm stopped at a red light or I'm sitting at the table, it's ridiculous, but it, we don't realize how much it's seeping into our brains all the time. It is a drug and there's an algorithm to keep making you check. So the other thing too, is to really check on the notifications on your phone. Um, and what that looks like. Uh, are you getting notifications of breaking news? Um, as someone who is in marketing communications, honestly, that's been the hardest part of my job the last two years is I have to know what's going on in the news in order to do my job well. What has been going on in the news has also been like killing me at the core. There's just like, there's, it's just too much. There's just, it's all like just too much sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, and it's so funny because the advice that I get from everybody is like, just turn off the news. And I'm like, I, I would love to do that. Or like, just get off social media. Like, that would be a dream. A dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have definitely curbed the notifications. I have zero news notifications on anything. On my computer, on my phone, on anything. Um, my social media, I, I only have um, Twitter and Instagram on my phone. And I have locks on those according to when I can use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I do this for a living. So if you don't do this for a living, this is something that like, I promise you, you can do. If I can do it, you can do it. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, I don't sleep with, and this is, I think might be a little harder for some other people, but I don't sleep with my phone in my room. Um, I have it in the living room. I have it turned up really loud on my do not disturb. So if there is a family emergency, people can get through. Um, but I do not have it in my, in my room at all. Yeah. That's, that's a smart years, because... by the way, to do. <laughs> It's hard. Well, and so, you know, we do that with like all of our other devices, like the kids' iPads and things like that all have to be, they all go in one spot at night to charge. And I was like, I've thought about doing that with my phone. Um, And I have like an Apple watch that I wear and that's my alarm. My phone used to be my alarm. Now my Apple watch is my alarm. And so I don't really need the phone right next to my bed. And for me, what I find is like when I, the first thing I do when when my alarm goes off, is I roll over and I grab my phone and I check my notifications or I check my email or my Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And then I lay there for 15 minutes and then I'm just like frustrated with myself. I'm like, why do I do this to myself? But if I were to put that somewhere else and even say like, Hey, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get the kids ready for school. I'm going to drop them off and then I'll come home and check. And I know that like the do not disturb, if somebody really needed us the night, like it would ring on my, my watch as well. Um, but I may start trying that because I think that's a really interesting experiment to see how much better, how, you know, do I sleep better? Will I have better morning routines because I'm not reaching for my phone first thing in the morning? 
Um, and the notification thing too, I think that's so smart because again, going back to like knowing yourself really well, like I have learned a lot about the amount of information I can consume and still have a healthy mental state over the last couple of years. And I am not somebody who like, I can't sit and watch the news a whole lot. I cannot have news on my feed at all because it stresses me out. I don't like conflict. I don't like discord. I don't like any of that stuff. And so luckily my husband is somebody who can consume a lot of that. So I let him filter the information to me that way. Yeah. Because I just, I've learned, I'm like, I know myself well enough to that when I have anxiety attacks, when I have moments where I am literally in the closet, like on the floor sobbing, it's because I've consumed too much of stuff that I have no control over right now. And that doesn't need to be taking up my brain space. And so I have been able to find ways to filter that. And that's like, some people will say that it's me putting my head in the sand. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's me knowing my boundaries and knowing what I can consume and when I can consume it. And then. That's so, so smart. Cause I think the other thing too, is, you know, your boundaries. I think a lot of people don't know their boundaries. Um, You need to, another really good tip that I have is you need to create little ones before you can create big ones. All right, guys, we've come to our final episode in the best of 2021 series. And this episode is 137 SEO tips and strategies with Jessica Morrison. Now, I chose this one to kind of round out our best of series because I truly believe in the power of SEO, search engine optimization. I've talked about it several times here on the podcast, and I love the idea of going into the new year with really strong strategies behind how to get your business noticed. And SEO is a great way to get your business noticed. So take a listen to this clip from episode 137 and then go back and listen to the full episode linked below in the show notes. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And when I refer to search engines for all intents and purposes, I'm going to say Google because it's really the largest one out there. So what it is, it's basically working on your content that you put on your website to make it show up higher on Google. So the goal is always to be ideally on the first page, ideally in the first three on the first page, because we all know how we search on Google. And generally, unless we're really interested in a topic, we're not going to like pass page two, probably. So there are things you can do that can help your business show up higher, both locally and then in national searches. And that's sort of the whole process of SEO. And there's over 200 different ranking factors. So it is like a really robust thing that Google uses. So, and nobody knows exactly what their algorithm is because they keep it very secret. But what they've done lately, and I think this is where it really benefits small business owners and new businesses, is that it's all about the user experience. And most of us get into business, we're into customer satisfaction, giving our customers what they're looking for. And Google wants to do the same thing when somebody's searching for a topic. So it used to be that when people could stuff keywords in there, and and we've probably all come across an article where it's so artificially written, (laughs) like these people just jammed as many keywords as they could in there. But that doesn't fly anymore on Google. They're really starting to look at, are people finding what they need? Are they being, are they able to navigate your site easily? Is it loading quickly? Are they having a good user experience? So there's definitely 
things you can do on that end, but don't require you to have in-depth knowledge of all these different terms. And I think you're right that people get scared of it because they don't understand how it works or what it can do. And I think that's always what my mission is to kind of really simplify it and say, hey, you know, you may not be hiring an agency to do all this work, but there's things you can do on your own, really simple things. And just start somewhere because it is a long game. You know, starting is the most important part is getting stuff out there, doing it in the right way. And it will continue to bring dividends to you as you've seen. It's a long game, but it's a really, really valuable long game. All right, guys, that does it for our best of episode for 2021. I hope that you will go back and listen to some of these episodes in their entirety because the little snippets for this episode are just one tiny piece of all of the greatness that happens in these episodes in conversa- conversations. So thank you again for another incredible year here on the Girl Means Business podcast. Year three, it's hard to believe. I cannot wait for you to see and hear all of the exciting things we have coming for you in 2022. And again, I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful holidays and a happy new year. And we'll see you again next year. Bye guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, you can find any links or resources mentioned in today's show down in the show notes. And if we're not friends outside the podcast yet, then what are you waiting for? Come find me on Instagram at Girl Means Business. Send me a DM letting me know what you thought of today's episode or any of the past episodes you've listened to. You can also take a screenshot of today's episode and post it to your stories, tagging at Girl Means Business, and I'll give you a shout out on my page. I love connecting with you and hearing all about your business and can't wait to get to know you more. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will meet you back here next week, same time, same place.